0: Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thank you so much for joining us. Very excited tonight joining us in studio. The great governor of the great state of North Dakota, Doug Burgum. As we wrap up this legislative session, Governor Burgum, always great to have you in the studio. We appreciate it very much. Great to be here. And was and, that was that a little slip up with an extra "great" in front of governor as no, well? No, because I think you know states, there's sorry. great stuff going on. But I think <laughs> North Dakota is a great state, and, and thank you for all the hard work. You know, I, I was remiss not to say this last night to Representative Boucher and Becker, but I know this thing is a grind. So we thank all of you for the hard work that you do uh, throughout the session. And I got to start with what people are saying to me, because you and I both know. For the people that are home watching right now, they're thinking to themselves, okay, we went through this 80-day session, we spent $14 billion plus, but what's in it for me? What's in it for me and my family? How would you respond to that? Well,
1: let me uh, just start with the $14 billion uh, off the top because I think that that number is kind of an eye-popping number for North Dakota, but a couple of things about that. One is just one session ago, we started counting... Uh, tuition and donations of higher education into that number. So it's one of the reasons why it's popped. I mean, there's 2.3 billion dollars that have aren't taxes paid by the citizens. Uh, it's tuition paid by students. It's donors giving to a university that gets lumped in there. And then the legislature gives them the authority to receive that money and spend it. So that moves that number up artificially by a couple billion dollars so, so we're actually,
0: where are you, you lining that that number because when I look at the numbers there's more money that was spent in the general fund than last session maybe not 2013-15, but it's those special funds that it's like two billion dollars more is that where they're being hid as I would say
1: well I wouldn't say hid but I'm just saying that you know whether it's a uh, you know federal matches federal funds you pay a fee to you know game and fish uh, that comes in that matches some federal monies for conservation all that ends up in the overall spending but the place to really focus for citizens is, you know, how are we doing on the general fund? And the general fund, uh, we're $2 billion below our peak, which was uh, two sessions ago. We're still a billion below uh, where we started when we took office, which was, you know, we went from $6 billion down to 4.3, and now we're back up to 4.8. But that's. <coughs> 2 billion below the 6.8. So what's in it for North Dakotans is we're actually running a more efficient government now than we were a few years ago. So that's key. But then the other, the other thing what's in it is, is we were able to fund our priorities. So long-term care got an increase. Teacher salaries got an increase. uh, State employees got an increase. Uh, You know, the, the things that people, uh, you know, would care about on their normal, you know, go to school, interact with the state. uh, We've, we've got, uh, Good funding for that, but we're also taking cost out through efficiencies that allowed us to reinvest uh, back in again. So, and, we, and we didn't raise taxes. And so if you say we funded our priorities, we made some strategic investments, uh, and we didn't raise taxes, that's what's in it for North Dakotans.
0: So and I guess priorities are going to be dependent on who you talk to, correct? Because you might say, hey, Chris, yeah, we funded certain things that are your priorities. And you say we're running a more efficient government. When I hear more efficient government, I go, okay, that's going to mean some tax breaks for me. But that really didn't happen unless I was on Social Security or in military. So why not? Well,
1: I think there were there were tax breaks. Uh, let's take uh, social services. Social services used to be delivered at the county level. When we came in 2 years ago, there'd been an effort to say, "Hey, can we regionalize this? Can we get involved in a way where we can take some administrative cost out, have more money for the delivery of services." So we're going from from 49 discrete county entities down to 19 Uh, regional zones. That's going to produce $174 million of property tax savings for the people in North Dakota because the counties can no longer assess a mill levy against those social services because that's being picked up by the state.
0: To be fair though, sir, I mean, before they were doing the buy-down and you guys said, okay, no more buy-down, now we're going to take over social services. So it really seems for for us, it occurs for us, the average North Dakota, like you just took money from here and moved it over to this bucket.
1: Not so. Uh, The buy-down was checks that were written to political subdivisions, like a, a, a say a city, right. would receive a check, well then when they got that check, uh, they could go put in new infrastructure on the edge, which might actually raise property taxes, which in many cases it did. So the property, buy, property tax buy-down had a great name, <laughs> and then it kind of stopped right after that, because after the great name, property tax buy-down, it never translated. Many places it translated to property tax increases. But so let me when, ask you a better question. But when sorry. we take over, when we take over the social services and deliver that more efficiently, and then the counties can no longer assess that property tax,
0: that's real tax saving. 174 million. Right. So 174 million sounds like a big number that many people in the state maybe don't have in their bank account. So yep. again, for the person sent home, that 174 million is going to mean mean what for me? Like. Two bucks a year, ten bucks a year.
1: It would depend on how much property you own in that in that district. That,
0: that's fair. Yep. So yep. average North Dakota, what would you say? Uh,
1: I won't say because I don't know what the <laughs> kind of property the average North Dakota <laughs> owns, but if you want if you want me to divide hundred and seventy four million by seven hundred and seventy six thousand on air, that I would could be do a, that. That would
0: be the number. But okay. I could but could we'll, you do that right at the top of your we'll, head? We'll just, we'll just move on. That's what we'll do. <laughs> you probably could do it right at the top of your head, couldn't you? You are so hot it number, though. It just blows me away. Uh, let's talk about this. The biggest accomplishment, in your opinion, in this session was what?
1: Well, I, I think we've, uh, I mean, the biggest thing is, again, when we take a look at the, the needs of the state, coming off this last time, $6 billion down to 4.3, largest cut ever. We had employees that had state employees, hardware employees hadn't had a raise in actually three years because there was allotment before that. So uh, you know, getting back on track there, making sure that we're funding K through 12, more money for long-term care. Those are things that I think everyone would say those are priorities. So we have that all taken care of, but we still had the ability to make some really key strategic investments. $28 million going into a statewide UAS network. I'm gonna be the first state in the country that has mm-hmm. air traffic control for UAS. And this isn't about aviation, this is about agriculture, it's about energy, it's about pipeline safety, it's about businesses coming here because the only way they can actually experience the future will be in North Dakota because this is where you're gonna wanna be to have that ability to fly beyond line of sight. So, so, because you have to think of that air traffic controls network like a platform, like a smartphone, and then it depends what apps you put on it. And we'll be able to put all kinds of apps on top of that network for energy and agriculture that will help with precision agriculture, it will help with our energy industry. And and I think we're gonna be the envy of every other state because they're gonna say, why how do these guys end up five or ten years ahead of us having this network?
0: So I think the biggest miss from what I'm hearing is people would have loved to have seen some kind of more tax relief, right? So let's talk about how this forecasting thing works within our state because the other piece that I'm hearing is that there's a lot of money that is potentially there, but a prime example is that uh, when, when the legislature did their forecast for the legacy fund and there was supposed to be $300 million in earnings there and all of a sudden, <laughs> from some magic wand, there's only a hundred there. So right. for, for a fifth grader, explain to me- so it's not how, supposed to be there, it actually is there. I mean, there is, there is
1: money there's, that's there.
0: There's 300 million there, but it we could are be more
1: like 450 or 500. Actually, but we
0: are but being it. communicated from this document, from the forecasting document, that there's only 100 million there. Correct. Yes, yes. So, but that's the magic wand part. Because for me, you just said, "Hey, Chris, 174 million divided by 700,000 could be good relief." Well, another 350 million, if you take the 450 minus the number we started, but about, that could be great relief too. But magically, it—I don't know where it goes. Yeah, but I
1: wouldn't—I wouldn't call them. It's not magical or magic wand that that. Artificial, I'm to be kind. Artificially, artificially, <laughs> artificially understating revenues. I think one of the things that we have as elected officials is a responsibility to be transparent. Whether whether it's two years ago when the situation was dire, or whether now where the economy is strong. And by the way, thank you to the oil industry, the oil and gas industry, the energy partners. They invested in lowering their break-even point during the downturn. Yes. And then because of that, production is up. Prices are up a little. Production is up to we we're 1.4 million barrels a day record in December and January. And how did that happen? It happened because the private sector kept on investing to lower their break-even point. And it's not, so it's like we, we talk about revenue. People say, oh, the price of oil might go down again. Yes, it goes up and down. It's a commodity. But the amount of production we have, it's like we've taken it to another step level. It's like suddenly we're out of doing 25 bushel wheat. Now we're doing 40 bushel wheat, and we're getting 40 bushels every year and next year we're going to get 45 and 50 because the production keeps going. But
0: again, I want to translate that back to our dinner tables for the people sitting at home. And so just for clarity, so what I'm hearing you suggest is that, Chris, you've got legislators that are knowing that there's actually more money that's going to be available, but they're not giving you accurate forecasting numbers and they're doing this purposely. Why?
1: Well, I I think there's a belief that they can restrict spending by artificially understating revenues.
0: And thus, then maybe not giving the relief that is potentially could be there, right? right? Yeah, because uh, tax relief would be
1: another form of spending, it would be another way, exactly. to, another so my, way to use the revenue. My point revenues. is, you said, yep.
0: hey, Chris, look what the oil guys have done, right? Now yep. they've got, you know, a lot more production coming out. That's what I've been saying. You and I talked about the workforce issue, we'll get to in a moment. But so uh, let's presume here that the money that they are hiding could eradicate corporate taxes, could eradicate income taxes. That would be a boon for our workforce. That would be a boon for our economy because now it's a four-time multiplier, yes? Yes. So why, do, why don't they get that? Uh, that'd be a good question for those legislators. What I, can you do to more uh, effectively communicate that to them so they get on? Because we had a chance to get rid of income taxes and they said no.
1: Right. Well, we also had, we also had a chance to fix our tremendous uh, liability related to our pension fund that we have because we have uh, you know state employees uh, that we have a solemn commitment to, but that thing is underfunded. And we have an opportunity to Uh, If you kick that can down the road, it only costs taxpayers more. The longer you wait to fix a pension fund problem, the more it costs money. And so there are things like that, like tax relief and like fixing a pension fund. Uh, Or how about, uh, you know, how about investing in K-12 on time? Our fastest growing districts get paid a year later versus when the students arrive. And so, you know, right here, whether it's uh, called the three W's, uh, Watford, City. Williston and West Fargo, which I like to call West Metro because it includes Horace Harwood, a chunk of Fargo, and West Fargo. West Fargo added 460 students last year. This current year, 460 new students. We have 100 school districts that only have 250 students or less. So they like added, they added the student (laughs) count of like two school districts, and then we don't pay them anything. And and this goes back to workforce because if someone's thinking about a family moving to North Dakota. They may not even get up here and meet a realtor or go, this is a great place to live. They'll go online and Google the school district and so, go.
0: So help me understand this. And I, and I want to get back to something in a moment. But so you, let's go to the education piece. I'm, I'm hearing that in Williston, you've got kids that are being taught in closets. The opportunity to do on-time funding was up this session and it didn't go through, correct? Right. Well, so, it came
1: right down to last Friday uh, in a conference but, committee, four votes to two. Uh, and, uh, you know, was didn't, it need, you need... You need to have two votes from each chamber. So they had three from the Senate and one from the House. They came up one vote short I don't mean of to interrupt us having on-time.
0: Interrupt you. Here's, sure. here's my point. Is that I'm a legislator, okay, and I'm in, I'm in Fargo, let's say, and I know that in Williston they're being taught in closets. Uh, I'm going to have to put up the the money at some point, whether it's now or 12 months from now, correct? Right. So if I'm, if I'm sitting here and I see there's kids in Williston being taught in closets and I know I need workforce, I guess what I'm trying to get at is what's missing for the legislature to go. Yeah, that's a good idea. We should probably do on-time funding. Like, why isn't that happening?
1: Yeah, that, I'm, I'm mystified when we ha- when we have the money because that doesn't grow government. It's a commitment we have to make that student payment. We're just making it on time versus later. And on the flip side, uh, we actually added more subsidies for the for the schools that are shrinking. Uh, and so we spent about fifty million dollars uh, this biennium on. Schools that have declining enrollment.
0: Wait, wait, wait. I, I want to make sure. So you're telling me that we have West Fargo, Watford City, Wilson growing at rapid rates. We're not giving them on-time funding, but schools that have got declining population, we gave them more money. Yes, and they, they, there's a safety net where they have been getting paid at
1: whatever they got in 2013. If they went down from there, they still get paid at those levels. And it's actually two ways because it's a double safety net. So they get the, paid the higher of either the absolute dollar in 2013 or the higher. Why do hire... we do that? Uh, again, good question for legislators okay. <laughs> uh, to have that. But we're uh, we are paying for students that aren't there and then we're not paying for the ones that are. That's the simple thing. And I think it takes, a, it, it, will, it will take a collective effort by everybody. Uh, and I, and there is in the legislation, there was uh, legislation passed in the K-12 omnibus bill. There was some great work. There were some courageous legislators. There is a, a roadmap in there for over the next six years to get THE DECLINING SCHOOLS ONTO THE FORMULA, MEANING OFF THE SUBSIDIES, AND THERE IS A roadmap TO GET THE uh, schools, that, growing schools GROWING SCHOOLS funding. ONTO THE ON-TIME FUNDING. BUT THE QUESTION YOU'D ASK YOURSELF, SO IF WE HAVE THAT KIND OF POLITICAL COURAGE TO DO IT OVER SIX YEARS, BUT IF THE MONEY EXISTS TODAY, THEN WHY NOT AT LEAST TAKE CARE OF exactly. THE ON-TIME FUNDING?
0: AND I KNOW I PUT THE ONUS ON YOU, SO I'M GOING TO PUT THE ONUS ON US, THE PEOPLE of NORTH DAKOTA. WHAT CAN WE BE DOING TO HAVE MORE TRANSPARENCY WITH OUR LEGISLATORS SO THAT IF, if THERE IS, 350 million or a billion or whatever that's getting put in all these pockets that we can go wait a second. We want that money either invested by tax relief or some way shape or form rather than sitting in these little piggy banks.
1: Well, we. Two years ago was the first time where we came up with two forecasts. There's a legislative forecast and an executive forecast. And from the executive standpoint, uh, we're working to be as transparent. We've invested in our transparency website. So we encourage people to go to office of management budget, uh, OMB website, uh, all the transparency and just, you know, keep yourself informed about that because we're in a very strong financial position as a state and whether it's fixing pension fund, doing on-time funding, uh, or uh, you know, gaining more competitive in terms of how we attract workforce, whether that's with uh, tax incentive, you know, lowering our taxes to do that. There's a lot of different options that we have, and because we're just we're, we we should all wake up. With gratitude every day because of the strong position. I want to state So one
0: in. more thing on education. I want to move on, but uh, as you know, you've got a friendship with Bill Gates. He's got a great program working with education, and he's done a lot of research on this. He says, "Hey, the one variable that can have the single greatest impact on students is having an outstanding teacher." Mm-hmm. According to North Dakota United, we right now are thirty-fifth in the country in teacher pay. Uh, I can't get on board with that. I guess I want to just give you a chance to react to that. What should we be, should we be paying teachers more money?
1: Well, that that's a. Uh, A lower number on the chart than I thought uh, we were because I think on another another analysis if you take a look at a analyze what a teacher makes relative to someone with a BA degree uh, you know in the state with cost of living we're in number seven we're in the top ten and so depending on depending on which analysis you look at, we've made great gains, we've caught up a bunch and we're in really good shape. Or the one that you have, of course, that's from a lobbying organization that lobbies for more pay, so they're going to pick a lower number, <laughs> but uh, I think that's one thing. But we did have a proposal from our from the executive branch uh, which is you know, a teacher incentive for leadership where we would invest, because right now teachers get paid based on how long they've been there and you know years of tenure and whether or not they've earned additional educational degrees like a master's degree. And so then but those two things, how long you've been there and where they really have the degree doesn't answer your question of are they great or not. And Correct. so there, there's a, we were trying to get some flexibility into the hands of the administration to do one time bonuses for people that were, that were doing great work, engaging in innovation, driving schools forward and have that flexibility that didn't become a bow wave. If somebody said this year uh, my I'm an empty nester, my kids just graduated from high school, I got more time, I'm gonna dive in, I'm gonna drive a new program for our school, great. They get a bonus, uh, 1,500 bucks that year to drive a program. The next year they say, hey, I got grandkids now, I don't wanna do it then they they don't get it. It goes to somebody else who might be 25 years old who's charging ahead and wants to do it. But right now, there's very little flexibility for administration to pay people on anything other than educational degree and tenure. And that's, that's not a great incentive when we're trying to achieve what you have, which is get at the driver that drives the great experience. And we do have a lot of great teachers in North Dakota, but some of them are just sort of stuck in the queue, so to speak, versus us being able to... Uh, you know really elevate them up and highlight the innovation and the great work that they're well, doing. Well I know
0: you guys bumped up the per people funding this session and I think every North Dakota, and I don't want to speak for everybody but myself, that if I say hey we're going to increase per people funding but proficiencies in English and math are growing I'd be like okay that's a good ROI but they're just not and that's where I have an issue with how's that money being out. Let's move on to this so you mentioned it before about hey Chris there's challenges with how the you know the budgets are being proposed to people or, or maybe the transparency around them or whatnot um, and I don't know if this would be the right purview for him or not but Then you went and you sort of tied the hands of our state auditor. So maybe an auditor would be a good idea to go out there and have more transparency, which you mentioned is a good thing. I think he's trying to do that. Why tie his hands and not give him more flexibility? Thank you so much, Governor Bergen, for being in studio. Always great to have you here. That was just part one of our interview. There is a lot more to it, so we may play that for you tomorrow night. We'll put it up on social media, but look for part two as well.